0: Hour number two of 63010 Inside Sports. We are underway. Seven minutes after five minutes after seven o'clock. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back in this very chair tomorrow at 6.05, third hour of the show. Tonight is the Eskimo show with Morley Scott. We'll find out what Morley has planned at about uh, 10 to 8 tonight. I know he's got a round table. We always like that. You wanna listen just for the star power on the round table. Absolutely. Eskimo's greats coming in. Indeed, indeed. One that you're very familiar with, another one that uh, you have heard of. Uh well known. Didn't have a long career, unfortunately, because of injury, but oh he was a good player. One very, very good receiver. Very good Canadian receiver. So uh, we'll hear from uh Morley in about uh, 45 minutes, as I said. So uh, what's happening at the Olympics right now? Well, the uh, pole vault final is happening. Uh, Sean Barber is uh, the world champion and uh, in tough. Although he did clear 5.50 meters, the next height will be 5.65 meters. So had uh, had trouble with that uh, with 550 uh, before 5.50, that is, uh, on its first attempt, he cleared it. So 5.65 meters is next. So Sean Barber has a great chance of meddling. Uh, not a good day for Canada in the pool today, or not on the pool, but on the water. Uh, Adam Vancouverton did not qualify in his event. Uh, does have a chance. Uh, later on, but uh, he uh, missed the Men's Kayak Singles 1000 meter final coming in 6th place. He'll now race in the Constellation B final, so that is going to be tough to swallow for Adam Vancouverton and Mark Oldershaw, who's from uh, Burlington, Ontario, Uh, Finished fourth in his singles 1,000-meter canoe semifinal, failing to qualify for the A final. Best shot for the paddling medal is in Halifax kayaker Mark DeYoung. uh, Defending world champion, competes later this week in the 200. But the Eskimos, they have been off since uh, last Friday because on Thursday they snapped a three-game losing streak, which is an eternity in football terms. 23-12 win over the Montreal Alouettes to talk about it here's the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos Jason Moss uh Jason nice to have you back on the show how are you tonight great thanks man thanks for having me nice to have you and uh you know you had this scenario a couple weeks ago uh, when you had a long week after a a short week and unfortunately it was a loss now it's on the back of a win it must be obviously a much better feeling to get that three-game losing streak off your back no question. I
2: mean, it came to win, so I mean, anytime you go through a losing streak, it's always tough on you mentally and physically, and uh, we're fortunate to come out with the win and get a little reprieve, but, uh, you know, the focus is now just on continuing that streak and uh, with a little bit different feeling.
0: win over the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, You know, it looked like it was going to be, you know, you're going your way uh, and maybe you run away with it early, but it ended up being a grinding game. But there were some good things from that game, I thought, especially offensively and defensively. And, well, even in all three phases, you saw kind of the glimmers that I think you were hoping to see and you saw, you know, a a lot of good things. But uh, what did you see on film?
2: Well, I mean, kind of what you said, I I saw more good than bad. And I'm a positive outlook kind of guy. But uh, for sure, our defense, what I saw was guys that can make plays. When we we had them backed up twice with turnovers on the one-yard line, they didn't get off. I mean, they had to punt the ball or take two safeties, actually. So, I mean, that was huge for our defense to shut them down in two scenarios like that. I mean, when your defense can do that, I mean, that's that's a great step in the right direction. And I thought they played sound defense all night long, kept them out of the end zone. And then at the end of the game, they sealed the game for us. I mean, making two, two picks, you know, we t- turned the ball over on the one and then got the pick right back and scored a touchdown. So our defense took a huge step in the right direction and played how I know they can play. And I think it's going to build confidence going in the right direction for us there. Uh, special teams wise we got great returns out of doe. I thought uh you know our, our cover teams did well. I mean, going against a dangerous return in montreal uh when Logan, so I mean, I thought you know uh Sean kicked the ball well as well, so I mean I thought our special teams was on point, point. and then offensively, i mean till you take away the three the two turnovers inside the five yard line and you know you put points on the board there and you take off the score you know with uh with the penalty on the third. You know, the big game's a totally different feel offensively if you score on those three three drives. And, you know, when we looked at it, there was about seven mistakes we made in the red zone to keep us out of the end zone. Um, altogether, you know, in other spots. So, you know, we just gotta correct stuff when we're in the scoring zone and we'll be a better team for it. But I mean we we ran the ball well. Uh I thought our offensive line, you know, protected Mike. We had gave up no sacks against a team that's very difficult to do against. Uh they they brought a lot of pressure, a lot of different looks uh, up front that are hard to to pick up and I thought our guys did a tremendous job you know like I said keeping Mike clean and then you know when he does take a hit he at least could deliver it down the field and our guys made plays there too so you know all together I thought it was a great uh, performance by all three phases the score didn't indicate kind of how you felt like the game could go but that mm-hmm. was more on us than anything.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you've said it many times and we've, you know, I've heard the cliche many times and it's true that, you know, maybe five, six plays determine the outcome of a football game. Well, you have three plays right there and you mentioned it, the two fumbles at the one and the uh, touchdown taken away by penalty. The complexion of the game looks way different, right? But it looked like your offense got back to the rhythm uh, that we saw in the first three and a half games.
2: Yeah, I mean, we ran 77 plays, and we had the ball for 36 minutes, which is huge for time of possession and, and running plays in this league, and anytime your defense, your offense can do that, I mean, we had 100 yards rushing 300 yards passing, so we were pretty balanced there, even though we didn't run the ball nearly as much as we'd like still, uh, we were still effective when we did it, and then, you know, I mean, yeah, turnovers are huge, turnovers are problems, and penalties are problems, we had six, I think, six offensive penalties again in this game, and, you know, created another 11, turno- 11 penalties for ourselves, and I've said it before. I mean, if we could correct anything, let's correct those things, mm-hmm. and then see where we go. We've been very good at uh, we've been very good at ball security all year long. This was the first game we've had some hiccups with that. You know, one of them with Darrell was on an effort play where he's trying to reach the ball out or change it into a different hand to dive, and if he just doesn't even try to attempt to do that, he goes out to one. Um, you know, and John's unfortunate. You know, he um, just had the ball a little bit placed differently, but we missed the block on the goal line there. Darius is usually great at that. Misses block there, and the guy knifes in. and He has to change the directions quickly, and um, you know, and obviously with JCs. But you know, I, I think overall, as a as a as a team, I thought you know we battled. We do what we do. We battle hard. We you know take it right to the end. But when bad spots, when we put ourselves in bad spots in this game, we came out on the positive end of that. When we turned over the ball inside the one, you know, Marcel Marcel and Pat both make back to back plays on their best player, on Ron Carter, you know, on deep balls. Anytime you can do that, I mean, that's huge. And when you talk about six plays, I look at two of the six plays being those two plays Mm -hmm. that we made.
0: Jason Moss joins us, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos tonight on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for uh, Reed, Reed Wilkins tonight. I want to I talk about the defense a little bit more in a sec, but you mentioned penalties and uh, you mentioned the six offensive penalties that, that really didn't help you out. And I know you've, you've, you've addressed penalties. You've been trying to do it all season long and you talked about implementing some old school methods and, uh, and I think there was one game you had that you had a good penalty night but it's been a really tough year for your team to really keep that penalty number down tell me about I don't know how frustrated you are with it and I know you're a positive guy but I know you really emphasize that penalties are going to hurt us guys so tell me about the 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 journey of trying to fix this problem and trying to get your team to to, to get on board with it
2: well just bottom line I mean it's a focus issue I, I firmly believe a focus and discipline issue and we're not focusing discipline on every single snap and at the end of the day, that's what happens. When you lose focus for a split second, you use the wrong technique, you're going to take a penalty. When you are focused on the wrong things and you miss a snap count, it's focus and discipline. You know, When you jump off sides, you're looking for a twitch by an old lineman or the ball to get off, and you don't do those things, you're not focused. So, um, you know, more than anything, it's got to be a focus on every single play. And it doesn't start in the games. That's what I think our guys are failing to realize. It starts in practice, to do it well in practice and do it well on every snap and that'll just translate to the game you know we're we're far uh, to me we're not doing it enough in in those situations so and maybe we don't practice enough (laughs) that's the bottom line so Mm -hmm. maybe we have to run more plays or do something differently but also the uh, the penalty in practice is going to be start be greater because we've done other things we've tried every different element to, to get them to understand that so maybe it's in practice we're doing something different when they do jump off sides they do false start. They do hold. Maybe it's going to be a little bit more punitive in practice and they start getting the idea quicker earlier in the week so their focus is better. But, you know, at least the one thing I will say is our penalties have been I mean, we we're they had 13 penalties, we had 11 penalties. The mm-hmm. other game, we they had 14 penalties, we had 12 penalties. So it's not like we're getting blown out of the water with penalties but it's at the end of the day, I wish we would cut it down to a handful and that 60 yards of penalties is going to help, you know, us in, in the long run.
0: You, you talked about your defense uh, on the outset when I asked you about, you know, what it, what the game looked like on film, and you mentioned your defense first. And um, looking at some numbers here, you know, two weeks ago your defense was averaging about 35 points a game. In the last two games, your defense has only allowed 35 points a game. And in fact, from the start of the season, your defense is allowing 12 fewer points than from game number one. Uh, What's changing with with your defense? Is it just guys getting more comfortable with the system, communication, uh, and bottom line making plays, or is it a combination of the three?
2: I think it's a combination of the three. I think they're getting more comfortable with Mike uh, calling the game and understanding the concepts he's trying to run. I think uh, doing a little bit different, some different stuff that suits our guys' talent. But more than anything, I think it's just a buy-in and it's a, a continuity with the guys that have been playing together. I think they're all starting to get it and they're starting to understand it and they're starting to see it by game prep and game film, understand what Mike's talking about, you know, being able to game plan for an opponent finally, because you got four or five weeks worth of film from this year that you can say, hey, these are some of their tendencies. We're going to play off their tendencies and, and play fast because we know some of the things that they're they're tending to do. Um, and then our guys are studying film and understanding, you know, how to play against the opponent. And, and then also it comes down to, like I said, communication amongst themselves i mean you're finally getting guys that have played together now for a handful of games and you know able to get adjusted to the cfl game and and all those things so a lot of it just you know there, there's a lot of little factors but they all are big factors when it when it comes to playing good defense good sound defense and now i think our guys are playing faster they're able to make plays they're able to be in the right positions because of all three of those things
0: another good uh good aspect from that game uh, coming out coming out of it is uh no, didn't seem like you got any injuries, which is, uh, which is pretty key in a, in a short week. It looks like you survived that area.
2: Yeah, no, no question. So that's always a good thing when your treatment room isn't uh, filled the next day and uh, for the next week. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a great thing for us, and we have a long week to boot. So, um, you know, it was a short week for us against Montreal, and I guess that's also what I'll say. You know, anytime you can play five days after you've played, um, having practiced one day, 40 plays only ran in practice and beat an opponent, it's, it's a great feeling. Uh, you feel like the guys did, did it the right way. They prepared themselves mentally uh, and physically took care of their bodies, and they were pro about it. And that's what you're really proud about as a coach, that coaches a team that can has the ability to do that.
0: Next up, the Toronto Argos at uh, BMO Field on Saturday as we're joined by head coach Jason Moss tonight on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Uh, what's your read on the Argos?
2: Um I mean, they're coached well. I know that for a fact, you know, haven't been around Scott Milanovich and Rich Dubler, uh I just know that they're gonna be very sound with what they do. They're always gonna have a wrinkle that they can throw in. um we're gonna have to be very prepared to play a sixty minute physical football game uh that'll tax us mentally as well, so um you know they're they're physical up front, they're big up front um you know we've gotta win win the line of scrimmage, we've gotta protect the ball and the quarterback and hit their quarterback and take the ball away and and be good with penalties. I think if we do, if that's a recipe for success in every game, but I think it's paramount in this game that we do all those things um, because I think there's going to be plays there to be made on both sides of the ball. We just got to be in a position to do it, but we got to be disciplined for 60 minutes in order to put ourselves in that right uh, spot.
0: And just quickly here, uh, you're a former assistant coach with the Argos. You played in Rogers Center. Are you kind of curious to see what the atmosphere in at BMO, at BMO Field is going to be like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think the uh, the I, I loved playing in the Rogers Center. I thought it was a great uh, a great confines of Rogers Center. I thought it was a great place to play a ball game. And um, but no question, I think BMO Field is going to be neat a neat experience. Of, uh, you know, right on the water. It looks like it's a beautiful stadium. Uh, much closer venue with the player the people being right on top of you, fans being right on top of you. So it's going to have a different feel for sure uh, than the Rogers Center definitely had. Uh, other than maybe the great Cup, there the year when they filled it. Um, right. But it'll definitely be a, a cool experience. It's on grass, so I know the guys will appreciate, you know, kind of going back to your old roots of football and being able to play on the grass and uh, enjoy a, an outdoor game for once.
0: Right on, Jason. Thanks for your time tonight. I know you got you got to get back to work here in preparations for that game on Saturday, but uh, really appreciate your time here tonight. Thank you, Dave. Have a good one. All right, that's Jason Moss, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos 720. Uh, What a result this is at the Rio Olympics. Canada defeats Italy in men's volleyball for the first time. Had lost 15 previous international matches, but Canada wins three sets to one. They are off to the quarterfinals. That is a good news story for sure. Pole vault final continuing. They're at uh, 5.65 metres now. And uh, Sean Barber is through to that uh, that height. And uh, the pole vault final continues. Sean Barber with a great chance to medal. Uh, Eskimos, just talk with Jason Moss. They're in action on Saturday afternoon. BMO Field. Can't wait to check out BMO. Uh, 12.30 is the pregame show. Morley Scott, yours truly. Blake Dermott around with his analysis. And they'll kick it off just after 2 o'clock.
3: This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
0: Dave Campbell and for Reed tonight. We are here for Northlands Park Racetrack and Casino. Western Canada's most important horse racing event is almost here. The Canadian Derby presented by CIBC at Northlands Park this Saturday. So that will be very, very cool. Uh, We have another positive result on the uh, track and field scene. uh, Noël Montcalm has qualified for the semifinals of the uh, one of uh, the 400-meter hurdles. So she is through to the semifinal, so that is good news. Uh, Sean Barber right now taking part in the final of the men's pole vault, trying to make it 14 medals for Canada. And uh, third on the track, of course, Andre de Grasse last night, bronze medal in the 100 meters, and then uh, Breanne Theis Eaton on Saturday in the heptathlon. And there's all kinds of hubbub about her husband who was, by the way, an American who was wearing Canadian colors in support of his wife. And a lot of uh, American people didn't like that. So he said, I'm going to to support my wife. I'm going to support the country that produced my wife. I know they talked about it, uh, uh, they being Andrew Gross and Kelsey Campbell on the uh, 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. It got uh, quite... uh, Quite interesting to debate. Anyway, I love the commercials, by the way, with those two. Those commercials are awesome, eh? Yeah. Helen? Yeah. yeah.
3: They're cute. Very they're good. Cute. Yeah. Cute and girl. I mean, you know, it's exactly right. She did well, and they're a couple. And of course, the husband's going to support the wife. Yeah. Wife's going to
0: support the hus- husband. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So uh, we'll keep an eye on things. Uh, Canada's volleyball team into the quarterfinals. That, that is great. That's been a great story. The Olympics uh, tomorrow. Semifinal Canada picking on Germany. That'll be tough. Canada beat Germany 2-1 in preliminary play. And then uh, Canada's women's basketball team takes on France tomorrow night in the quarterfinals. And that'll be a tough game for Canada to win, for sure. But we talk a little ball, baseball. Edmonton prospects' season ended, but pretty good year. We'll talk about that next. And also a preview of the Eskimo show. Dave Campbell in for Reid sign on Inside Sports.
1: This is a Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630
0: Chad. Well, making two women into the women's 400-meter hurdles. Canada's Sage Watson also has qualified. So that's two Canadian women into the semifinal. So that is a good showing. The high jump final, or the, <laughs> not yet, pole vault final. Sean Barber of Toronto trying to capture uh, a medal, hopefully gold. I'm getting. getting You really
1: want us to do the high jump really badly, Uh, don't you?
0: I want Derek Duran to get out there right now and win a gold medal. All Uh, right, win a medal anyway. Yeah, but uh, Sean Barber is uh, taking part, reigning world champion, and uh, they're into the last. At last report, they were at uh, 5.65 meters after uh, clearing 5.50 meters. So there you go. Uh, We are here for Action Furnace. Home of the fixed right or free guarantee, visit actionfurnace.ca. Well, uh, a good year for the Edmonton Prospects in the uh, Western Major Baseball League. uh, 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 Made the final unfortunately uh, got swept by swift uh with swift current but still a good year nonetheless and a man who uh knows a lot about baseball and uh, baseball around these parts or franchuk who is the uh uh coach and advisor for the prospects orv's nice nice to have you back on inside sports how you doing
1: i'm doing well i'm happy to be on um just uh Getting, ready. I'm gonna kind of actually head back to Arizona for a couple of weeks, and then uh, be back here at the end of August to um, initiate that University of Alberta baseball program um, that's gonna gonna get started. And so. Uh, I'm gonna just kind of relax for a couple of weeks and charge the batteries and get back at it again.
0: Yeah, tell tell us more about that program starting up at the U of A. Uh, I, I, this kind of slipped under the radar for me, but uh, uh, for those that are listening, uh, yeah, tell us and for me, uh, tell us about the program at the U of A.
1: Well, Mark Randall is uh, he's our he was our pitching coach and a big baseball person in this area for years. Uh, and got got the approval from uh, University of Alberta to go ahead to be a, um, a trial thing well not really a trial thing it's going to be a, a kind of on on a, you know just the first year is uh, we're not going to be in a, in a league but um, we're going to play exhibition games and and try to uh, attract a lot of a lot of really good players in this area that, that uh, can't afford to go to the US to play baseball but mm-hmm. can stay here stay home and stay go you know get a good education at the U of a uh, and and play on a on a on a college baseball team here right in here in alberta
0: so is there is there is there a, a like a league starting up in the in the canada west or uh, yeah
1: the league the league is is already the can it, it is already in place okay the, the first year um, you know we're kind of it's a probationary thing from the u of a and they want to make sure that we have our ducks in a row and we're going in the right direction and uh, and then the second following year will be we'll be going full uh, Full, full speed ahead in, in, the, in the league action. But the first year will be a lot of exhibitions, we'll probably go south. Uh, they're going to go south and, and play some games uh, in Arizona and maybe Florida uh, and then some local teams in the area. And then the uh, following year it will be full, more, full full speed yeah. ahead.
0: A lot of uh, work to be done to get this off the ground, right, and do it right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mark, Mark Randall has done a, a great job in getting this thing started and uh, he deserves a lot of credit, and I'm just kind of hanging on. They've asked me to stay on board. Ray Brown and I are both going to stay on board for a couple of months, September and October, to kind of help uh, get it going and get it started, and uh, and then they'll they'll be on their way.
0: Excellent, and you know I've had a chance to talk with Mark Randall a few times the last uh, number of years, and uh, man, it's it's a treat to talk to him. His passion for baseball is uh, is uh, very very strong, like yours is, or so, and. Uh, a good year for the prospects uh unfortunately you know no one likes to lose a final obviously and it you know has a bitter taste in your mouth but uh uh tough series or well tough to make the make the playoffs first of all you managed to do that uh you play a, a tight series against medicine hat and unfortunately get swept by swift current but overall uh how would you characterize the year
1: well just um an outstanding you know season we uh you know, we we talked about it at the end with all the players. The last day we got beat, and and just every one of those players, every one of the guys that we had in, on our club, got better uh, than they were when they got here. So that's that's that was our goal, Ray, Ray's goal, my goal, and our the coaching staff's goal is to to make sure when they left here they were going to go back to their programs in the U.S. or wherever they were at, and um, be able to bring something back to their their teams. But um, you know. It, just um, you know, beating beating Okotoks, first place team. We ended up you know beating them, and then and then going on and beating Med Hat, and then um, you know playing playing Swift Current. I mean, people don't realize they they were um, junior and senior players, so they're older. Uh, they had like fourteen or fifteen American players on their club. We had like six. Uh, not not to make excuses, but um, I thought we really uh, we raised the bar with with our club and and, and and so for next year that means that we've got to be better and we're going to have to bring in people that uh, that are going to make our club better and that's kind of our goal right now. We, we're going to go out and scout as much mm-hmm. as we can. and talk. It was amazing because I had the day that we lost um, that night I, I had like four calls from different colleges and universities of people that I know at the college level saying hey uh, we'd love to be able to send some kids to your program next year and, and so it's amazing when you when you when you have success and when you win, um, people kind of come out of the woodwork, and, and so yeah. that's that's good. That, that's that's good for the program.
0: Success breeds success, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, well, I hadn't talked to or seen people, uh, <laughs> baseball people, like you know, good, really good, true baseball fans. Yeah. Till uh, the last couple of weeks of the season, which you know we started winning and crowds were getting bigger and bigger, and it was nice to see. I think baseball is back. I think you know we kind of. Hopefully, put a notch in the in the belt uh, to get to get people uh, to come back to the ballpark.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is we're joined by Or Franchuk, who's coach and uh, special advisor uh, to the Edmonton prospects, uh, joining us tonight on 6:30. Chet Inside Sports. Uh, yeah, the, the crowds. I mean, it's uh, you know when this when this all started. And you're using, you know, Field, which is now, I guess, called Edmonton Baseball Park, but uh, or Edmonton Ballpark. You know, it was tough to get fans out, and even when, you know, there we saw different incarnations of uh, pro- professional ball. Um, you know it was tough to get fans out but you're averaging over you know 1500 fans uh, in the playoffs and in the final um, you know that's that's encouraging it, it has to be greatly encouraging to you and you you know this you know this market very very well so what's it going to take to grow this even further you think and, and get more people out to the ballpark uh, you know next season
1: I, I think the biggest thing is the awareness uh, the media coverage this year that we had was was outstanding uh, better than ever before i think that was a big part of it i think and you know initially um the the fort mcmurray thing kind of taking them under our wing and and and, and bringing them into our, our ballpark mm-hmm. I think that, that created uh, a little bit of a kick start and then from there it just seemed to uh, snowball and uh you know obviously winning uh, at the end you know was a big part of it too but um you know the program is—it's tough. And these kids don't realize how tough it is to play in this in this league because they play college baseball and they play—you know—Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they have—you know—the rest of the week where they don't play. Uh, and you know, come to this summer league here in in, in, in in Canada, it's five six games a week, and the you know the bus the bus rides are—they're—they're they're tough. So it was grind, and and they realized. Um, we found out a lot. They found out a lot about each other and about themselves, and then you know we found out a, a, a lot about uh, the players that we had in our in our organization.
0: Orvis, we finish up here. Uh, I know that um, you already mentioned the work is starting for next season, and you know these players are you know they're they're not professional. They're college age kids and speak about the recruiting process and and you know these are not just canadian players that, that are up here there's a lot of american players up here and that that takes a lot of work and effort to bring them up
1: yeah and and you know ray ray and i and mark and, and all of our staff uh cj and, and lenny we we all have um you know contacts of people that we've been that we've been exposed to over the years um and in pro ball 28 years myself but also the uh, a lot of the college people that, that we know um you know we, we 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 try to call on them they call on us and, and it's amazing now how many calls we're getting but uh, you know for next year already and the guys that were here this year want to come back and and so um it's ongoing it's it starts it started yesterday actually it started yesterday and <laughs> tons uh i had like four calls yesterday for uh from people that, that I knew and that that want to try to send their kids uh, actually um, I mean, Terry Poole uh, is a good friend and he also coaches a at a, at a college in Texas um, called me and said hey I want I want to send some kids to you and I've got two or three outfielders that are that I'd like to send so I mean just that kind of stuff goes on and on and on and then and then uh, I coach in in in, uh, in Arizona at a junior college gateway Junior college went to the World Series this, this year but uh, so I get to see a lot of kids too, just um, being involved in that program. So, and Ray gets to, to do the same, and, and and Mark, and all of our people are always looking for players. Good stuff. Orv, uh, always love chatting
0: baseball with you. Thanks for coming back on the show, and uh, I know we'll have you on uh, down the road as well. So, uh, congratulations on a very good season, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, the team can get it done next
1: year. Well, we're looking forward to it, and I appreciate you having me.
0: Or Franchuk, who is a coach and special advisor to the Edmonton prospects, a good run, good run to make the playoffs. A good series against Okotoks, a tight series against Medicine Hat, and unfortunately, you know, couldn't win a game against uh, Swift Current. But uh, the prospects trending in the right direction. Uh, more crowds, more awareness, uh, bigger crowds, I should say. So. Uh, Well done. Well done. So uh, Noel Motcombe and Sage Watson of Canada into the 400-meters hurdles, into the semifinals, that is. Uh, Sean Barber unfortunately missed his first attempt at 5.65 meters uh, in the pole vault. He's struggled today. I mean, he barely qualified for the final, uh, is struggling. He is a world champion, the defending world champion, in the pole vault, and uh, Canada trying to add to their medal total of 13 and have one more, which would make it 14. Oh, I can do the simple math, folks. Oh, yes, I can. Major Leagues Baseball, the Yankees still leading the Jays by a score of one to nothing. And if the Jays cannot come back, then there'll be a tie atop the ALE standings with the Baltimore Orioles, who are idle tonight. The uh, Boston Red Sox already won. Their 3-2 three, uh, three is the uh, score over the Cleveland Indians. So uh, Boston would gain a half a game. They would be one game back in a very tight American League East race. So there you go. Uh, what's coming up tonight on the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott? Oh, it'll, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll hear from Morley next as we uh, wrap up our number two of 630 Chet Inside Sports. This is Oscar Clefbrom
1: from your Edmonton Euler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins on Oilers
2: Radio 630 Shad. Alright,
0: 748. pole vault final. Sean Barber of Canada trying to hit the podium. He has missed his second attempt at 5.65 metres. One more attempt or he's out. If he doesn't clear on his third attempt, he is out. Which is quite shocking because he is the defending world champion. Just shows you, you never know how it's going to work out at the Olympics. You know, we've seen it before. How many times have we seen
1: it, Kellen? For, oh, well, far too many to count on one hand, obviously, on, on both hands. So I, many times. It's a it's a different animal. It's yep. the biggest stage
0: in athletics. I mean, Perdita Felician hitting the uh, hurdle in mm-hmm. 2004. I think yep. it was 2004 in Athens. She was yep. supposed to medal, be, mm-hmm. be a gold medalist. Yep. And then Jeremy Weatherspoon, mm-hmm. who was uh, the best speed skater in the world, yeah. not just Canada. In Vancouver. Oh, was, that was that Vancouver? That or? was Salt Lake. Salt Lake, right, took, where he... Took two, three steps, and, yeah. and then bam, on its face. There we go. So, I remember that, yeah. You know, and the difference is, is that could happen on a World Cup stage, but in mm-hmm. the Olympics, everybody is watching. I mean... What? Wouldn't be talking pole vault on a regular basis on this well, show, but...
2: Melissa Hollingsworth in Vancouver, that was the one I was trying to the, yes. to remember, was she came in on a, the win streak with Skeleton and, and had all the records and set all the, the big numbers prior to yeah. the Olympics and just fizzled in the in the final race, right? So, oh,
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So Sean Barber has a chance to clear on his third attempt. Doesn't clear. He is out. Hey, remember this? You remember this little little rant. Remember this? Okay. If it'll play. (laughs) Well,
2: uh, you know, there's these guys at TSN who always want to jump on me every week and, uh, you know, it seems like me. Here I am out here playing hard, trying to help turn on every team in this league. And for people who are out there, I've turned around four teams in this league. And I've done help do it here, too. So all the people talking junk out there, you can take that and shove it.
0: All right. That's all I gotta say. That was Henry Burris at halftime. Yes. Against the Edmonton Eskimos. Mm -hmm. Not happy with the panel and the criticism that he was... was, uh, Uh, being thrown against them. Wasn't happy! Wasn't happy at all. Well, today, the Red Blacks are back Uh because they had their bye week last week. They beat the Eskimos in the last game, 23-20. Burris says, I... I STAND BY MY RANT.
2: No, I stand by what I said. I mean, what I said, it, it comes from a guy who's been deeply rooted in the game of football for, you know, my entire life and playing professionally for 20 years. And, and uh, the thing is, uh, when, you know, when the question was asked, it was during the course of the game, and but there have been comments made p- prior to that. You know, the thing is, for me, I, I have nothing to prove to anybody in this game. I mean, the only thing I'm still playing for is to win a championship with these guys in this locker room. So Henry Burris says, ha, STAND BY
0: MY RANT. I don't apologize for my rant at all. Well, I guess why would he? If he's that passionate about how he feels, then fine. Although I thought it was a very misplaced rant. Uh, We're bringing Morley Scott to the uh, fray here. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. Good. Are we surprised Henry Burris said, No, I I don't apologize for it at all.
3: Not at all. And I I, I, I kind of, to a certain extent, agree with a lot of the stuff he said. It just was the wrong time to say it. Yeah, I agree. Maybe save that for a practice day, not halftime during a game.
0: Yeah. But... You know, it's almost like uh well Rick Campbell said don't 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 start getting into war with the media. Not don't have that be your focus. Can't win that one. No. It's yeah. kinda of like Bo Levi Mitchell when even though he was right about the writers' uh, cheating ways. Um you probably shouldn't say that. And everyone thinks he's gonna get fined for it too.
3: Yeah, when, he might when the fines come out later this week, tomorrow or Wednesday or whenever it is. So
0: Yeah, by the we'll way they find uh, the CFL has expanded to the Saskatchewan Roughriders. So, anyway, uh, I, I, I won't involve you in that at all. Best line I saw,
3: I, I think it was Rob Vanstone in, in Regina who wrote, uh, just ask the Saskatchewan Roughwinders how they are. They'll say, just fine, thank you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's been a fun story, but we'll talk about that next week, I'm sure, when the Eskimos prepare to play the Riders at home. But this week, Morley, they hit the road. Haven't played that many road games this year. They play their third game. You and I get to see BMO Field. The Eskimos get to see BMO Field. Playing Uh, on grass, too, which will
3: be kind of weird. Last time the Eskimos played
0: on grass? uh, Trivia question for you. Halifax. Yes. No,
3: Moncton. Oh, Moncton. Moncton. Moncton, yes. Same place. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're but,
0: all the same yeah. in the East. <laughs> uh,
3: Moncton was indeed the last. Uh, I believe the field was grass and the end zones were turf at Moncton, Right, as, as I recall. So. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Elliot Richardson with a long run in the shoes he got for Christmas from his mother. I remember this story well because he, he was telling me he got these shoes for Christmas uh, from his mother, yeah. and they were for grass. And then they announced that the Eskimos were taking the grass out and putting turf in for 2010. Oops. So he said, I'll never get to use these. And then they got the game in Moncton, and ended up using them for yeah. one game.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately didn't make the touchdown. No, he didn't. Didn't get there. Didn't no, get there. he didn't. I think that I wonder if uh, J.C. shirt's taken some ribbing from his teammates because uh, he had the interception Yeah. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, and he's hustling down the field, and you then know what, boom.
3: Though? I think uh, if that was... Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, a couple days after, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think probably. so. Yeah, he didn't squeeze it. Didn't squeeze it. So, yeah, I'm sure Dion Lacey said that's how you do it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So, don't go near the... You know, be a little faster like I am. Of course, he plays special teams, and he's crazy, man, on special teams. So, anyway, uh, Eskimo show tonight, and... Uh, we got some alumni. Yeah, man. wait
3: note, uh, Wait out here uh, to come in and join me will be uh, Blake Dermott. I've we, heard of him. We hear from a lot, our football analyst, and uh, he's brought Tom Richards in with him too. Oh, so, cool. Uh, we're going to talk with Blake and Tom about uh, uh, the Eskimos past and present. Uh, focus on the present. We'll get some good stories, I'm sure, from the old days. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get them in here for the next hour. So it should be a lot of fun. Nice change of pace. Yeah, but it is. It is. Know? I thought it's time to sit down, do a little round table, and, you know, Sounds
0: have some fun. Good. Sounds good. Morley, we look forward to it. All right. Talk to you in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Yep, you will. There you go. Morley Scott uh, joining us here on 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports is uh, Blake Dermott, Tom Richards coming in, Eskimo alumni. Of course, uh, Blake on our broadcast. And we'll hear from Blake uh, this Saturday as well as the Eskimos take on the Toronto Argos at BMO Field. Uh, uh, 2 o'clock is the kickoff. 12.30 is the pregame show right here on 6.30 Chad. After losing three straight games, the Eskimos will try to string a couple of wins together. And uh, start a streak, get back to 500, get back to even. And uh, they did not help themselves, digging themselves a bit of a hole. So anyway, Uh, the update from the Olympics tonight, uh, Canada's volleyball team into the quarterfinals. They upset Italy, haven't beat them in 15 games until tonight. Their very first win, they're into the quarters. Uh, Sean Barber having a heck of a time of it in the pole vault final. Uh, he has missed twice from 5.65 meters, so he is in a bit of trouble. Bad day on the uh, water, and for Canadian paddlers, Adam Vancouverden missing the uh, final of the men's kayak 1,000 meter, and uh, he finished sixth in the semifinal. And Mark Oldershaw, uh, he is not into the uh, singles 1,000 meter canoe semifinal. He failed to qualify for the eighth final. Coming up, Mark DeYoung who's a defending world champion, competes later in the week in the 200, so medal chance there. And Sean Barber is having his third attempt at 5.65 metres, and he doesn't clear, so he is out. He is out, no medal for Sean Barber, so Canada will stay at 13 medals. Uh, Noel Maltcombe and Sage Watson, they advance to the 400 metre hurdles semifinal. Tomorrow, Canada takes on Germany. 1 o'clock our time in the women's soccer semifinal. Tomorrow night, I think around 7 or 7.30, Canada's women's basketball team will take on France in their quarterfinal. Studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. I'm Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening. Third hour Inside Sports is the Eskimo Show. Coming up with Morley Scott, Blake Dermott, and Tom
1: Richards in studio.